Hi, everyone. This is Mordechai from The Millennial Jew. And I, as I said earlier, am going to be introducing you to a guest we have. His name is Mika from South Africa with a, as I said, a differing view on the first part of what we spoke about. So, Mika, you want to give a little introduction to how you see things? Um, yeah, if I can just uh, thank you for having me on. Um, it It is my first time doing something like this, but I'm quite excited to have the discussion. Um, and I think maybe just some background on my end. Um, you know, I've got nothing to do with, with politics or any political affiliation, but I did study it for some time um, because it's a passion of mine. Um, and I think our own history in South Africa and, and the links um, to this this entire um you know situation with with israel and palestine has made me quite aware of it um but yeah happy to be on and and looking forward to discussing thank you i appreciate it um so um when you say your history with south africa you are talking about um a term that is often used um by people with dissenting views towards israel um in this side as apartheid, and I'm assuming that that is what you were referring to, correct? Correct. Um, and I think this term obviously was was coined by the the Dutch government, and the meaning um, I think is where I can I could resonate with that or understand it, um, which literally means it's separateness, um, you know, based on a specific. Uh, culture based on a specific race as it was in in South Africa's instance but yes apartheid okay so when you say separate separate obviously can i mean it could mean a whole bunch of things right separate can mean you know you have a plate and you have food and they're obviously on two sides of the plate that's obviously okay. not you know there so what what would be a what would be a um a applicable definition for for this because obviously in South Africa right yeah. you had a a group of people that were the majority mm -hmm. and were obviously treated incredibly terribly because of their race right they didn't have the same rights as the people who were running the country yep right so what what would be a line that would turn something from something that can be voted on to changing it to an oppressive system um, well, I think uh, that's a good question, firstly, um, because, again, I think sometimes this term is thrown around a lot um, without truly understanding it. Um, but from my perspective and, and just knowing our history, um, apartheid in South Africa referred to the racial segregation. Um, however, I think more broadly, it applies, as I said, I, 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 Oh, excuse me, as I said, to okay. separateness or segregation of groups of people. Um, and I think where this became <clears throat> or becomes a problem is where you have an inequality um, in a number of different things, um, be it, you know, political, um, social, economic, and cultural fields. Um, it's when those measures divide the population along those group lines, I won't say racial, but group lines, um, where I think, you know, that becomes quite systematic and problematic. Okay. But so, I mean, you understand that in Israel today, a, an Israeli Arab 
can not only run and become prime minister of Israel, however, also, you have certain lines that have gotten many Jews rightfully kicked out of government for saying things like, you know, we need a dis, you know, we need to kick all the Arabs out and things like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And they've been kicked out. But you, at the same time, in the Israeli parliament, you have Arab leaders who say we need to destroy the entire state of Israel that celebrated when the three kids were kidnapped in 2014 by Hamas. And they are still in the government. So would that, would that be possible in South Africa? So um, I, I don't think it's a black and white answer, but I'm going to give you my best response to it. Um, in, in South Africa, um, and I think just I'm not sure how much you know about it or your listeners, um, but just a little bit of background. We did have um, government entities or entities that were linked, you know, from, and I say black population that was black and brown, um, but basically there were homelands created um, that were called Bantustans and they were allowed to perform these functions of self-government. So, you know, in terms of education and law enforcement. Um, you know, like what you have in the West Bank. Yeah, 100%, right? Exactly like that. Um, but again, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not trying to cut you off, but I, I just want to explain. I understand yeah. the, the situation in the West Bank and in Gaza, for example, but... Uh, what I'm referring to is in Israel itself, in the Israeli Jewish state, mm -hmm. you can have a an Israeli Arab being the prime minister of Israel, not self-governing, the government of 10 million people, including Jews, Muslims, but Christians, and everyone. To the, the, the area, it's the, the whole of Israel, I understand, yeah. Correct, um, but, I'm, but I'm saying that there is land in Israel that allows that, right? So So I'm saying that People who, who want to live peacefully in Israel have done so for many, many years. I have, mm -hmm. I lived in Jaffa and for, for a little bit over a year. And one of my neighbors, great guy, he was a Muslim. We hung out every day. We spoke about our religions. Yeah. We were friends. We spoke in some in Hebrew, some in Arabic, some in English, you yeah. know, like no, there was no issues involved. Right. I mean, we might theoretically not vote the same. However, you might be a little bit surprised of who I would vote for, but um, but we, <laughs> we might not have even voted the same, but that's okay, right? You don't have to vote for the same person, right? Uh -huh. none, of us, none of us wanted, you know, the other one thrown out or killed or anything like that. But when yeah. you're looking at a place like Gaza that is self-governed, and remember, Hamas was a democratically elected government. Now, obviously, mm -hmm. it has not, had such democratic elections since 2007 when they initially took over, but it yeah. was a democratically elected government elected by the people. So it's not the same thing as the, as the Arabs who are living inside of Israel, but I'm no. saying that the Arabs who are living in Israel can be in the government, which is of gotcha. course not the same thing as what happened in South Africa. Totally. Uh, that, uh, thank you for clarifying, but I, I completely get your point of view. Um, and I would agree um, that's not exactly the same as what happened in South Africa. And I think that all of those things are positive and are good. Um, however, where I would have to draw a line and say, you know, there's good on the one side and that's 
probably quite a, a small sector of um, Arabs and Palestinians that you've got um, that are active in that space. Um, and that's great. Positive. I'm all for the positives. But I don't think that you should have both of those things um, coexisting and being so completely um, an equivalent on both ends. So, yes, 100% agree with you um, in, in what you're saying about participation and that freedom being allowed. Um, but on the flip side, then, it, it doesn't mean that the other part goes away where you do have, you know, Occupied West Bank or, or Gaza, where those realities are not the same. I actually completely agree. But the question then becomes, what what is an occupation and at what point does one become justified? So, and I'm not, and I'm not saying that it necessarily is or isn't, but I'm saying at some point it would be right. Would it have been justified for the British to occupy Germany during world war two? I think most people would agree that the Nazis were the bad guys, right? I mean, it, you know, so what point does a military occupation of a land that has a a self-government that you that you completely withdrew from and allowed to govern for a decade and a half. There, when their charter states to wipe all the Jews, not only in Israel but around the world, and every few years they attack. Every few years, mm-hmm. um, obviously, what happened at the music festival was a huge deal. Yeah, I mean they. I mean, half of them weren't even Israeli at the music festival, let alone not militants, right? They went into a music festival and just started slaughtering people left and right. They went into they went up to outhouses and just started shooting randomly at the outhouses, killing people in their out and just going to the bathroom. So I yeah. mean, at what point? Like what? What is what is a viable solution? Where do you, I mean, can we agree that that the Jews as well? after being persecuted for thousands of years, have a right to live freely in the world? Absolutely. Um, so it, how, how could we possibly swallow a population under one government and allow the people who, th- there, there are a significant amount of people that vote for death to Jews. So what can Israel possibly do to not, I don't even know what the right word is, but to like to not, like to not, not control the situation at least some way. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think if I could just go back for a moment um, on occupied yeah. territory, um, you know, it, uh, territory on in, in in international law, territory is considered occupied. I think when it is placed on the the authority of a hostile army, um, and there's a lot of armed conflict um, where we have seen, and it's it's kind of internationally accepted that a lot of um, the land is occupied by the Israeli government and, and by Israel. Um, however, there's also just obligations that have to be met, um, which I'm sure you would agree with, which is, you know, respecting human rights, law, order. I yeah. do 100% agree that this needs to happen from both sides and should happen from both sides. There is no excuse for what Hamas did. Um, do I understand it? Yes. 
Do I agree with it? No. Can I ask you to explain what you mean by you understand it? Because well, that, I mean, no. they just went in and just slaughtered, raped, they killed elderly babies, people with autism, people with dementia. They, I mean, they just killed as many people as they possibly could. And that has never, in the history of Israel, that has never happened once. Israel yeah. has never decided to just go and kill as many civilians as possible. And the way that we know that is because we both agree that Israel is significantly stronger than Gaza, correct? Mm -hmm. yep, if Israel yep. wanted there to be no Gaza tomorrow, there would be no Gaza tomorrow. So, I mean, that, that's true, right? Israel has weapons that, that you wouldn't even know Gaza existed the next day. True. You know, like, so, like... So in if, what way is there to understand the slaughter of civilians indiscriminately? Just kill as many as possible. So when I say understand, I'm looking at it from, again, my own country's history um, and the history of the party, which is the ANC, the African National Congress, which is now in government um, and which Mandela was a part of. So I am not saying that I you know, to my core, understand and approve of any of that that happened. Um, when I first saw those videos, I felt sick um, of people screaming and running. Um, so let me just start there and go back again. When I say understand, um, purely based on our own path to freedom and to democracy, the ANC was seen as a terrorist organization um, Mandela himself started the military wing, which was called Mkonto Wesizwe, and they were around for 33 years. And they started off pretty peaceful, you know, protests and um, amassing support for the cause. Unfortunately, it didn't end like that. Um, and they turned to violence and to terrorism um, as a form of their freedom fighting because they believed that it was the only way to to make a difference. Um, again, not saying that that is correct, but that is where my comment on understanding where that comes from. Um, okay, so I, I would like to just make sense. a little differentiation. Um, I mean, yes, that is correct. Obviously, that you know that this is the this is my problem with comparing it to South Africa, though. The South Africans, the the white South Africans, treated black people like garbage because they were black right mm -hmm. that is that is what that was if every single arab living inside of all parts of israel that means israel gaza west bank the golan everywhere yeah. if every single one of them did not want to fight with the jews there would be no war between the jews and the arabs there would not be killing of people in gaza not from the Jewish side. There still would be from Hamas, of course, but there would not be from the Jewish side. The Jews only attack because, in, as, a, as a defense, they, the Jews never, since the beginning of the state of Israel, and really before that, I mean, obviously, we've had, you know, we've, we have a, a 35 to 4,000 year history in the land, but even the modern state of Israel, the Jews never said how can we kill this amount this amount of arabs and just attack that is never how it went but it happens all the time from the gaza government 
whether it's Hamas or whether before that it was run by the PLO, right? Mm -hmm. You had the second intifada. People were blowing people up. People were stabbing. People were doing car rammings. And you just don't see that from the Israel side. Now, it does not mean that, of course, sometimes civilians get killed. And that is very, very, very unfortunate. And it is never the goal of Israel to kill the most amount of civilians. When I first saw, when I first heard about the hospital getting blown up, I felt sick to my stomach. I was, I was in pain. And, you know, when, when it came out that it was in fact from the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, um, from the recording of Al Jazeera, which is by no one's standards biased towards Israel. So it's pretty clear that this is what happened. Um, I would you know, disagree, but that's you, with which the, part? Um, with which part? Purely, sorry to interrupt you, but no purely problem. based on the evidence part there, because I think, in fact, in the beginning, it was pretty heavily disputed. Um, but it there was. have been in independent investigations, um, one by Channel 4, I think it's a UK network, um, one by Al Jazeera, um, and independent experts that have said that it was most likely not. Hamas or Islamic Jihad. Okay, so I, I'm just saying though, like the Islamic Jihad, <laughs> the Al Jazeera cannot really make such a claim because it was literally on their network that we saw it live. Um, it was also investigated by many countries in the UN, including the US, and frankly, a media station that almost always has found negative stuff. For example, the four kids that everyone knew was never killed by Israel in 2014 by the beach. And for two weeks, they said that Israel killed them. And then slightly, slightly after it was agreed upon by everyone other than uh, Hamas, obviously, that the killings of the four kids were by Hamas, in fact. And these news networks came out and admitted it. And what did people say? Oh, well, the Jews run the media. But let's be real, that is just, that is just a, a blatant, that's not even hidden anymore. That is a blatant excuse of anti-Semitism. BBC admitted that they were wrong about the report. And BBC is about as slanted against Israel as it can possibly get. Maybe not as much as Sky News, but a lot of British media, it happens to be very against Israel. But BBC, who is also very against Israel, admitted they were wrong about the hospital at first. And yes, like I said, it was heavily disputed at the beginning. And like I said, when, when I heard about it, I was sick to my stomach. Yeah. And I knew that Israel didn't do it on purpose. It, things happen, but it still, didn't make, it still did not give an excuse for it. It was disgusting. Yeah. And, um, then, and then we saw, we saw actual video footage showing that it was the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, that it basically, when, when you have... What I'm, what I'm saying is, is that I have also seen that footage and what I have seen, and not from Al Jazeera, because the, the longer investigative report that I watched was from Channel 4, um, that showed, and they had independent experts on, which refuted that claim and said that it could not have been from Hamas. Um, but I don't, I really, I don't want to get stuck on that 
because I think it was horrific, um, no matter what, yeah. and I felt the same way. Um, and I think just to generalize or go back to um, what I would like to focus on, because I think a lot of the time it goes into, you did this, they did that, he, sh you know, he said this, she just said that, and it's just a, a blame game, which, quite frankly, doesn't have anywhere to any positive outcome. Um, and well, I, think I mean, there's never a positive outcome in war, you know. Disagree that uh, uh, agree that that was a despicable thing that happened. Um, I believe um, that there is a solution going forward, and it won't be an easy one. Um, but I do genuinely feel hopeful that there is a change that's happening um, where people are just tired, to be honest, um, and, and don't want to get into that blame game any longer. Um, although we are seeing it, and I'm seeing it myself, I watch the news, I on socials, I see comments being spewed that are hateful um, from both ends, and it sickens me. Um, but I don't think, I, I think there has to get to a point um, where we have to rise above that, and again, it's from both sides, to say this hate's always going to be spewed, and it is from both sides, but we cannot focus on that, nor should we go into this endless back-and-forth blame game and actually try to work together. So you're saying, I mean, I, I agree to an extent. Are you trying to suggest, though, that, that there's a moral equivalence between a group of people that simply want to live on their historic homeland and a group of people that want every single Jew around the world killed. I mean, it's not, it's not just a blame game. Like it's, it's real life. And you know what I mean? Like people, like you have a group of people that not only do they, they don't just say it, they act on it as we just saw. And, but you could say that from both sides and that's why but I you think can't you can't we both we both agreed at the beginning of this that you do not have a time where israel says how can i kill as many civilians as possible and then goes and does it and the way that we know that as we said is because there would not be a gaza tomorrow if they did that but the but gaza just did it two weeks ago they just did it I'm looking at and the actions of what has happened in the past. And if you look at all the resolutions that have been put in place, things that are quite widely agreed on by the United Nations, by Geneva Conventions, there have been many, many, many resolutions that state that what the Israeli government is doing or has done over a period of decades is not okay. And I, that's fine. That's fine. These places, I mean, frankly, the UN is irrelevant to me. I mean, they they basically cheered on as Jews were killed throughout the entire 20th century. That's not really so relevant to me what they say. What is relevant is can you point to a, to a specific case where, where the Israeli government said, let's kill as many civilians as possible, and then they did it. Because I can point you to something two weeks ago, and other times, but two weeks ago most recently, that it just happened. Not what someone said, but what the entire world witnessed. Sure. Um, I'm not an expert in this history as much as you are, I'm sure. Um, but I, I just want to stress again 
there's saying something, there's saying you have, you know, a particular view or there's a particular way you're going to go about things. And then there's also doing it. Um, and, and actions speak louder than words. And I think why people are frustrated now, and if you look around the world and what's happening, it's not being said that they want to target civilians. And I'm, I'm talking specifically to the current situation. Of course, they're not going to say that. But unfortunately, that is what the collateral damage has been, is that it's civilian loss of life. Um, but and the collateral so damage is not targeting. Collateral damage is not the same thing as targeting. If I can just say one thing, um, and I think this point was something that I also digested because this entire thing gets very complicated and it's it's hard to even mentally, um, you know, separate things. But where, if you were not targeting a civilian population, you would not cut off water and electricity and fuel. That, I think, was the one thing that was a bit of an aha moment for me because it, it has been confusing to digest everything. And there, you, you can't say that that's not targeted because it's being done on purpose. And it's not only Palestinian or Islamic Jihad or, or Hamas that drinks water um, that needs electricity. That's millions of people. And that is where I think that targeting comes into question although it has never been said and i agree with that point okay so let, let me just let's let's start with the top from from water and electricity number one under no if if we want to go back to the un under no international law is a country required to provide a self-governing place with electricity or water that is gaza's responsibility to do for themselves now Hamas is 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 provided with electricity and water by Israel, and what they do is they take the pipes, the water pipes, and they turn them into home rockets. So there is no way for Israel to actually provide food, to provide electricity and water, and allow them to completely bombard them all the time. Now, is the collateral damage an issue? Yes, it is, and no one does more to prevent that than than Israel. Israel gives warning. They wait. They Israel has been waiting by the border for 2 weeks. They still have not gone in. I mean, they've obviously sent a couple people in to do specific things, but they have not had an actual ground invasion. Why is that? Because they were giving the people of Gaza time to evacuate. So, does it look bad? I understand the optics of shutting off electricity and water but this is a war it is a war that was started by the people of hamas which was elected by the people of gaza it was not it was not a military takeover it was an elected government and this is a war that they started so what country provides electricity and water to a different country while that country is attacking them if you could okay. tell me one place in the world that does that then um, i will say fine israel shouldn't do that but it doesn't exist. So I think that the definition here is a bit gray, but again, going to go back to occupied, occupying territory, occupying power. Gaza's not occupied. Yes. It, has, it hasn't been occupied since 2005. Israel completely withdrew. 100% correct. Israel withdrew the military forces, but it is 
widely considered by the entire world as the occupying power. Okay, so I, it's that not, doesn't matter. It, that doesn't matter. It, that doesn't matter. I'm t- tell me, me how is it occupied? Finish, please. Um, again, again, with international law, if you are an occupying power because they restrict movement, they have control over that area, they allow water, electricity, food, um, aid to go in. That means that they are still the occupying power, and I don't think that's really disputed. Under international again, so what makes it what makes it occupied? They control that entire what? movement of the Palestinian people in Gaza. So you're telling me if if someone from Gaza wanted to go into the Egyptian side, right? Gaza borders Egypt. You're telling me that if someone from Gaza wanted to go into Egypt, that Israel would stop them. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that they are still the occupying power. No, so they they're not in they're they're not. But I'm saying they are not controlling movement at all. They are just not letting them come into Israel because they want to kill the Jews. They are not. They are not controlling the movement. A person from Gaza can still go right into Egypt. That's I mean, they fine. won't be able to because the Egyptians won't allow them because Egypt doesn't want their yeah. people slaughtered by fanatics. But they. But they will not allow. But Israel has no control over the southern border of Gaza, so they're not occupying. They are, con- they are protecting their own border. It doesn't, again, it does not matter what the international community says. The international community allowed the Rwanda genocide to happen. It allowed the Holocaust to happen, frankly. And it allows countless atrocities to happen. What the international community says does not matter at all. They sat and watched my people get slaughtered for thousands of years and said nothing. So frankly, if they have an issue with how Israel defends itself, that's not relevant. The question is, can you point to a situation in which Israel occupies? They provide stuff that they are not required to provide. They do not control movement. I'm sorry? I said the the entire reason that you've got such a highly densely populated area is because land has over the years been taken away. And if you look at the map, and I'm sure pretty much everyone has seen those maps, and I can't remember the exact years, but if you look at it from... I, I know the map you're talking about. You see all of that, and you see the land just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So can I ask you, uh, do you know how it happened that way? With the, with the British uh, resolution that was passed, and then over... Well, the... I mean, it was British land before before that. It wasn't, it wasn't actually owned by Palestinian Arabs ever. But I'm saying, do you know why the map shrunk? The map shrunk as far as I... I'm aware because of forces coming in and taking and seizing land. Okay, so that's incorrect completely. I mean, it just is. I mean, you can you can look at the history of it. It's not even that long ago. 1967, 1967 was 55 years was less than 55 years ago. Mm-hmm. And you can see what happened. Would you please explain? The, the, because yes. I don't. So, in, in my mind, okay. it's not about the Palestinian people going okay. to go. So, hey, I don't want the land please take it right so that so that's not actually what happened so what happened was the jews got part of their historic homeland part from the british not from palestinians from the british there were no such thing as palestinian (laughs) as a palestinian people in 1947 the first time that that was used was 1967 in 1947 you had jews and arabs living in the land the british gave Part of the place, a very tiny part. They still left the West Bank. They still left the entire Jerusalem. They still left all of Gaza. They still did not approach the Golan. They did not approach most of the south. They gave Israel, they gave the Jews a bunch of desert. 
And the Jews said, we accept. This is our historic homeland. We were just, we just went through the Holocaust. Yeah. We need, we need a place that we don't get slaughtered all the time. And the neighboring Arab countries said, no, we're not accepting a state of any size. And they attacked. Now, Israel won that war. Fast forward 18 years to 1967, the war that, right, the most talked about lines in all of Israel, right? The, the Six-Day War, right? The 1967 lines. Israel was surrounded by Egypt, Syria, Lebanon. Lebanon was not involved in that war, but they were still at the border, not, not on the Israeli side. You had Iraq, and you had Jordan, and you had more Palestinians. You had now what, is, what was called Palestinians living in there as well. And they all wanted to wipe the Jews off the map. There were radio, on the radio, and international radio all the time. The Egyptians were touting off how they were going to erase Israel from existence. And in six days, Israel won the war against five different places. That is not Israel conquering land. That is you trying to kill us, and then you lose. Well, if you wouldn't have fought with us in the first place and tried to wipe us off the map, we'd still be living in the pre-67 lines. But no, Israel's not about to give back land that gives severe political and military advantages to the people that just tried to wipe us off. But Israel basically did nothing with that except for give back the temple, the temple mounds, right? What is now Al-Aqsa Mosque, mm -hmm. right? They gave that back in 67. And in 73, on the holiest day of the Jewish year, when all Jews were fasting, they attacked again. And this time, they killed thousands of people. Thousands of people. And the, the people of Israel, not only did they win in the end, although with heavy losses, a lot of people in Israel don't even consider it a win. Yeah. They got the Sinai. And they traded yeah. it to Egypt for peace. And you know what the Egyptian people did? They killed the Egyptian president when he signed the treaty. Because they said, it is disgusting to sign a peace treaty with a bunch of Jews. So, the land grows. But it's not growing because Israel wants more. If that was the case, Israel would have Gaza today. Israel pulled out all Jews. There are no Jews living in Gaza. There are no Jews living in a lot of the West Bank. There are specific territories. There are three types of territories. Some are Jewish, basically. Some are mixed. And some mm -hmm. are Arab only. Mm -hmm. And there are no places in Israel that an Arab that does not like, that, is, that an Arab that is peaceful cannot go in Israel. But there are tons of places where Jews cannot go. Do you know that if a Jew says a prayer, on the top of the Temple Mount, he gets arrested by an Israeli. I don't know if you're aware of that, but that Definitely is that. Nope. that is in fact correct because uh, because the Muslims control it and they don't want to offend them. If you are not a Muslim and you make a prayer on the Temple Mount, you get arrested. So it is not it is not seizing land. It is you get attacked and you're not giving back. It's like it's like if someone, it's, it would be like someone throwing knives at you and then getting upset that you picked up the knives and aren't giving them back. I hear you on that completely. Um, but, forgive me, but I, I'll keep going back to it. 
when you just keep looking at who did what when and which is the chicken and which is the egg and these things will never end and you can go back and people will dispute you know who has rightful ownership of that land or who should be allowed on it i think that's part of the problem um and it's from both sides 100% agree but violence and seizing more or winning more land um you know israelis will say that of course they were attacked by the arab nations there was death to all jews um however if i mean history at- says that i mean i just want to make that clear that's not that's not israelis that is history that is well documented history, history. and history says that from both sides and right but again how long can you do that for because then there just seems to be no end in sight and if you yeah, go back, if you're going to go back and try and dispute people's you know um people's claims to the land and who was there and who wasn't i have jewish friends i have palestinian friends or of descent and you know they've both got stories they always talk about how things were peaceful at one point in time and nobody really wants this but the continuous back and forth of it's mine what, it's mine when or, when are they referring to exactly death, death to you uh i've got a palestinian american friend whose grandfather was there who gave up their home i believe he defended their home um his father is from there his mother is filipino but i'm saying when 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 was it allegedly peaceful oh gosh thousands of years ago <laughs> Not, well, not I mean, in our... well, not that. I mean, not thousands of years ago, because there was no Islam thousands of years ago, right? I mean, not thousands of years ago. There were Jews there, and there were Romans there, because the Romans came in to slaughter Jews. But there were no Palestinians thousands of years ago. But there were Muslims, or there were Arabs. No, there so... were no Muslims. Muslims came. Islam, Islam was created in five eighty six. So, there weren't. Muslims for thousands of years there. What I'm saying is in that region, there was peace. And perhaps I've got the years wrong, but if you do go back, I guess it's quite widely recognized that- But so I'm saying under who? Peacefully. Who controlled the land when there was peace? Oh, I have no idea. I'm saying because, so a lot of, a lot of, and I'll tell you, because I, I, I have a lot of, Palestinian and and Jewish friends, obviously. I mean, I'm I'm Jewish, so obviously I have a lot of Jewish friends. But I also have a lot of Palestinian friends. I, like I said, I lived in Israel. I lived in Yafo in Jaffa, yeah. right? And so I don't know Jaffa. if you know that if yeah, you know yeah. the area of Jaffa, but it's it's a a very mixed city. It's it's yeah. one of the cities that probably is you wouldn't even know there was a war going on between between Israel and and the Palestinians if you're in Jaffa. Everyone there is friends, basically. Um. And, but the thing is, is that in the Quran, and this is heavily practiced and has always been practiced. Do you know what a Dimi is? Dimi? No. Dimi. So it's, it's in, it's in the Quran and it basically, it means any non-Muslim living in a Muslim country and it is actual apartheid. It is living as a second or third class citizen. That is in the Quran. And this is how Jews lived in Muslim countries for about 1,500 years. So when they say there was peace, peace for who? 
Yeah, good point. You can have, you know, peace without liberation. Um, you can wait, have wait, 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 wait. You, told me, you told me that you understand, you understand the attack that happened because of occupation. And you want the Jews sure. to go back to living in an occupied system that they lived no. in for 1,500 years? No, I don't. Um, so I'm saying it's not peace. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if peace was possible at one point, and I don't know exactly what conditions those were at because it's way before my time, and I don't quite know that history very well, but that peace must be possible again. And I don't, I wouldn't want any any of the Jewish Israelis or Palestinian Israelis to to have any form of occupation. But I don't think, and you know, for a lot of my life, all I've heard is two-state solution. Um, it's probably an unpopular opinion, but I don't believe in a two-state solution. I believe that we have to get past this at some point, and both the Arabs and the Jewish population need need to figure that out. And that sounds. So you want, like so you, want you want them both to live under one under one state, basically. I do because okay. So who controls that state? Where I come from, this is again looking at my own country's history. It was thought to be impossible. Everybody said it would never happen. What was going to happen was we would get into a bloody civil war. Um, and at some point, God knows what happened that F.W. de Klerk decided that violence begets more violence and that he was going to be the change. There was a change and it was not easy. Um, there was a lot of violence that still erupted. There was a lot of, uh, you know, people upset on both sides going, how can you, how can you negotiate? Both people didn't want to, but we had two leaders miraculously that were able to put aside their differences. And that is where we are. And that's the country that I live in today. And so this might sound like an absolute ridiculous rainbows and unicorns fairy dream, no, I mean, I, I wish it was. I wish it was possible, but I mean, it is a little bit different. Again, the scenario is a little bit different because you have, um, I, I mean, again, the people who are oppressing in South Africa were the minority. So mm -hmm. when you have people who are who just want to live in peace as the majority, peace is possible. But when you have four or five million people which is what happens when you swallow up the West Bank and you swallow up and you swallow up Gaza and you mm. now have almost as many, you have about half as many people who want the Jews, who voted for someone, who want the Jews dead as you have Jews. And so the, they're, they're, I mean, in Israel you have a coalition, right? And all parties basically have right, have a say in government. So if Israel, in fact, was a, was a completely coexisting state with the people of Gaza and the people of the West Bank and all that, you would have a party like Hamas having over a fifth of the government. You'd have them having like a quarter of the Israeli government. And there's no way for a Jewish person to live in a place that a quarter of the government, their whole goal is to wipe all Jews off of the map, not just in Israel, but in the world. 
So it's not the same thing as South Africa again, because in South Africa, most of the people wanted to live in peace. And you obviously have a lot of people in Gaza who want to live in peace as well. And like I said, you know, it's incredibly unfortunate when a civilian casualty happens. But let's not act like Hamas was elected by 2% of the country. It wasn't. It was elected by a majority. I understand that. But all I'm saying is that when people feel like they have no other option, and this is where you're going to hear it and probably, you know, get annoyed with hearing it all the time, but it ha- I go back to just a level of understanding where people's hopes and dreams come from and what they want to do. Now, I know that you are saying that they said death to all Jews. I do not agree with that um, as a sentiment, and I can't verify how many times it was said and who said it. Um, but again, this gets said by both sides at various points in time. Never. All I'm saying is... The prime, the prime, the, an Israeli prime minister has never said death to all Arabs. Never. I'm not saying prime minister, but I'm saying from people on both sides. Because I mean, Hamas of course you have... Some, I mean, come you know, on. Hamas is We're just going to talk people that... No, Hamas is the elected government. I understand. You cannot, you can, you cannot compare some random, some random racist person living in Israel, because of course you have bad people on both sides and good people on both sides. Sure. But, but you cannot compare some random Israeli making a TikTok video, and the elected leadership of Gaza, and you no, will never you, have. Would you? You talk about language though, and you hear these things on both sides. You still have Israeli government officials, maybe not saying death to all Muslims because that would be crazy to say. Um, but you but hear it happens all the time from the other side. By you the way. hear the language, you know, human animals, um, barbarics. You, know, you mean just, you mean the people that came in and killed them? They don't call. They don't just call Arabs that. You're talking about the people that came in and raped our kids and raped our women and beheaded people. I mean, I honestly think that that's a little bit undeserving to animals to compare that to the people that came in and slaughtered us. They do not say that about random Arabs. That's not true. I think it's just dangerous to say it at all, is my point. That- why, do you, why do you think it's dangerous to say that about people that came in and beheaded us and raped us and took us and took over 200 people back as kidnapped people and repeatedly raped them and burnt people alive. Why is that dangerous to call those people specifically things like animals? I think it's dangerous to say that because no matter what has happened, there has to be some level of humanity and dignity. I agree, Um, agree, but it hasn't happened from their side. It hasn't happened from the people that came in and slaughtered us. Well, you cannot I, expect you cannot expect people who come in and behead us to get treated like royalty. They're going to be treated the way they deserve, and people and, and people that are good, fair. but not the rest of the civilian population. And that's where we are today. And that's why I think there's so much chaos. So you think world. that Israel? So do you think that Israel is trying to kill civilians? I think they are severely, severely trying to diminish the entire population yes so then so okay so you think that they're trying to diminish the population so because of what i said before which was purely and i'm not talking about trying to get hostages back or wanting to destroy hamas i believe (laughs) that 
be the absolute best thing. Um, but you can't do it, I think, without having that effect on millions of other so, people. And so that's why is and why has the Gaza population grown? Why has the Gaza population grown since Israel withdrew? Oh, I'm sorry, I don't understand the question. I'm not. If Israel, if Israel is much more powerful and they are trying to significantly lower the Palestinian population, why has the Palestinian population grown since 2005 when Israel pulled out of Gaza? What I, when I uh, made that comment, it was purely about focusing on the situation now. Where but I'm I saying, if Israel is trying to, if Israel is trying to diminish the Palestinian population at any point, why is the Palestinian population never declining? I genuinely do not have an answer for that because I couldn't say whether that's factually correct or not. I don't know. All I'm saying is, in the current situation, Israel was right to take action. However, it has to be proportional. And that's, so, that's not what I see happening. That's true. Because if it was proportional, it like the problem is, the reason it can't be proportional is because Israelis don't really have a desire to go in and rape their babies and behead them and burn them. So there is no such thing as proportionate. When you're in war, you fight to eliminate the people who are trying to eliminate you. Have you ever been shot at? It is, no you cannot sit there and figure out what level of response is appropriate? When you are being shot at, you have to eliminate the people who are shooting at you. And I the fact that. is, is that all these places that Israel shoots at, whether it's trying to kill Hamas officials or trying to blow up rockets, why did, why did the hospital blow up? What happened with it? Why did it blow up from a rocket? Because they store tons of rockets there and it made a massive explosion. So... Like, there is no way to get around the fact that the reason civilians are in danger is because Hamas puts them there. They fire from civilian areas, and they do not let civilians leave. They set up an IED to blow up people who are going to the south when Israel said go to the south. It's just simply not, there's no way to manage civilian casualties when their own government is trying to kill as many of their people as possible to say to the whole world, look what Israel's doing. But we all saw Hamas start the war. The entire world saw it. So it's... It didn't you, start... Well, all I'm saying is this didn't start two weeks ago. And When that, did it start? This has been going on and, and the occupation has been going on for what, Since when? years or something. Okay, so what happened and, in 1929 when... The Jews were living under British-mandated Palestine, and a bunch of Arabs decided to slaughter 29 people in Hebron, one of our holiest cities. That had nothing I'm to do with not, an occupation, because there was no Israel then. I'm not going to dispute that. I'm just going to go back to what I have been saying. The back and forth doesn't help anyone. There is wrong on both sides. There's good on both sides. And there has got to be a better solution than what's happening at the moment. Okay, so such as what? the international community actually doing something for once, because I agree with you, they're absolutely useless. So, I mean, respectfully, um, the international community uh, is not relevant. Like I said, I mean, uh, an organization that basically well, they've has... Got, they've got to be relevant because you've got... They can't because... So, so this is... Right? 
So this is this is why this is why we we completely disagree because the the international community has held the hands of Jewish slaughterers since the beginning of time. So the Jews cannot rely on anything the international community says. The only thing the Jews can trust coming out of the international community's mouth is we want to kill all Jews. But there I is... don't understand because you've got the entire Western world that is standing in solidarity with Israel now. So how can you say that? I, I don't... Yes, and so the reason... So, yes, so the reason that you have some some Western countries, not the entire Western country, not the entire Western world, but... There are there are more than there normally is, and the reason that there are more than there normally is is because Hamas broadcasted videos of what they were doing, and you'd have to be such a disgusting person to look at the videos and say, "Well, I mean, I guess they had it coming." Like the like a lot of the like a lot of the people in colleges are saying and stuff. But if you take if you take those people out, if you take the leaders out. No one who runs a country can look at the videos that were put out by Hamas and say, well, it's really a toss-up who's at fault here. Everyone knows who was at fault. So that is why, for the first time, you have a lot of people supporting Israel. However, as much as their support is great and all that, and they, and they act like they're on Israel's side from getting genocided on video, which we all saw, but it doesn't erase the entire history of World War II, of the entire time that the world let Israel yeah. fight off six countries on their own. And then after they saw Israel get attacked, they sit here and say, oh, well, you should give all this land back. And if you don't, you're a colonizer. I don't have a problem with someone who doesn't know saying that because they just don't know. But when you are a world leader... You cannot say such dangerous things. The entire world knows that Israel is not a colonizer. The entire world knows that Israel is the land of the Jewish people historically. Every leader in the world knows that. Every single one. The entire world knows that the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem, before the state of Israel was established, went to strategize with Hitler on ways to kill Jews. There are videos and photos of it. So when that same world that watched all that happen and sat there and took pictures and said the only time they chimed in was to tell Israel, well, be measured in your response. Don't make, make sure that when they behead your babies, you don't, you, uh, you don't respond too harshly. That world does not have a say because if you sat by and watched Jews get slaughtered for centuries, you do not get to tell us how to defend ourselves. No one has the right to tell anybody how to defend themselves, but again, this argument will come from both sides, and there is no winning this argument. You can say you have, you know, the European leaders that failed, and everybody knows that, but again, it doesn't make, two wrongs don't make a right, um, and you will have people saying that they are both defending themselves. You'll have Palestinians saying that, you will have Israelis saying that. Again, still. But we saw, but we saw on video there are people saying something does not make it correct. I mean, it's not he said, she said. We have video evidence. Well, not of. I mean, I'm I'm just gonna one point because you've said it a few times. The beheaded babies claim was refuted. And no, it wasn't. No, the the, the problem is that's, that's not correct. 
That's that's not correct. That's not correct. There, there was forty babies. No, that's not correct. What was what was redacted was that's not correct. Because they said that's not correct. That's that's just simply not correct. There that's was exactly there was forty babies that were killed. There were forty babies that were killed. Some of them were beheaded. That is what the report said. And then someone said beheaded forty babies. And so that was redacted because they said, well, sure. not all forty babies were killed. Not all forty babies were beheaded. So what? How many oh, beheaded oh, babies? Oh, how many oh, beheaded oh. babies? I saw videos of Arabs beheading people. I saw pictures of babies beheaded. You cannot tell me that that was redacted. I saw photo and video evidence and Instagram took it off. I'll just say that I haven't. And what I have seen from every major player was retract that statement. And never, I've not seen any evidence. That's all I'm saying. So as I said, the statement that was retracted was what I I said. It's what I know. And I have not seen that. Okay. So like I said, though, and... Like I said, when you look at the statement, the statement that was retracted was that 40 babies were beheaded. That is a statement that was retracted. No one said that babies were not beheaded. No one retracted that. What they said was 40 babies were killed. Some were beheaded. And the statement that was retracted was because someone heard the Israeli military spokesperson say that. And they said 40 beheaded babies. And in mm. fact, there were not 40 beheaded babies. There were something around the nature of 15 beheaded babies. And there were other babies up to 40 that were killed. And there were some that were burnt to death, which we saw photos of that as well. So that is not like things getting retracted. You have to look at what is retracted. No one said that babies were not beheaded. I mean, some people said that, I'm sure. But no one no one retracted their statement that babies were beheaded. The statement that was retracted was that 40 were. And the problem is, at that point, you had people coming out and saying, well, it wasn't 40, so that was not true. Yeah, if your no, issue was... In itself. Yeah, so I'm saying, like, all these things... I mean, I, I have friends that lived on near O's, right? One of the one of the kibbutzim where they were taken over. I mean, it happens to be. Do you know that most kibbutzim in Israel... Are very left politically. I don't know if you know this. They're very left. They're very left politically, right? They want to live in peace with everyone. They're basically, they're basically like, for lack of a better term, they're a socialist community. I mean, they are a socialist community, but they they border even on on more neighbor like that. Um, And these people were slaughtered. So it was not. It was not, there was no freedom fighting involved. There was no, like, it can't even be, it's not even like approaching understanding. It is, it is simply just trying to kill as many people as possible. And they know that because the people on the kibbutz are peace loving people, that they'll be able to kill more of them. So they went into there instead of trying to go into, uh, you know, instead of trying to go into a, uh, you know, like a, a more heavily guarded area. There is no question about the chicken and the egg here. Israel was Jewish first. It was Jewish first. Before there was an Islamic religion. Israel has control now of its land. It also gets attacked first every single time. So there is no, yes, is there some acts that happen on both sides that are not good? Of course there are. 
But there is a good side and a bad side. The bad side is the one that says we want to wipe them all out. And the good side is the one that says we want to live in peace. And the reality is, if the Jews laid down their weapons tomorrow, every single Jew in Israel would get killed. And if the Arabs laid down their weapons tomorrow, everyone would live in peace. I... Jews just don't go in and, and they just have never gone in to try to kill people. They only respond. We're going to have to agree to disagree on that because I do believe it is a chicken and egg case. And there's no... So can you, can you make... I can't you... say that the Hamas leadership is correct because they're not. I can't say also, though, that the Palestinian people don't have a right to live with dignity and... In of course peace. they do. Um, of and course I they do. Again, with the with the Israelis, I can't say that you don't have a right to defend yourself. Of course you do. Um, I'm just really, really genuinely concerned about where things have landed up. And it just seems to be getting worse by the day. And it saddens me. Um, it's saddening a lot of people. I think we've all spent the past two weeks with really heavy hearts um, yeah. watching everything happening. I I just, I don't believe that violence is the answer or cutting off food and, and water and humanitarian aid is the answer. That cannot be. If Israel has one of the most, you know, well-trained military forces and all of the aid from military backing from the US, from the UK, etc., why wouldn't they have gone in or tried a different approach? Because again, just cutting off basic supplies is not okay. Do you, do you know that the supplies would all be given back? That, again, the, the electricity and water is not required to be provided by Israel. However, the fact that they would return it, and they said they would turn it on, and they did even turn it on in the south, where they told the, the civilians to evacuate to. They told Hamas, if you release the hostages, we will turn on the electricity and the water. That is a peaceful resolution. And instead of Hamas saying, okay, we don't want war, we'll give you back all the kidnapped people that we just stole from you guys and raped repeatedly, and you can turn on our electricity and water, they're off partying in Qatar. The leaders of Hamas are off partying in Qatar while, they're, while the people who run their government are fighting, are trying to kill as many people as possible. I don't know about that, um, but I don't really have anything good to say about Hamas. Um, and I think that's not who I'm defending. It never has been. It never will be. Um, I'm just saying I genuinely believe that we've got to look at different options. Um, saying that something is impossible and saying it over and over and over and over doesn't doesn't help. Um, and And you have to just, well, I believe... You don't have to. Nobody has to. But I believe that there are other solutions. I believe that although we hear groups and specific people in, in Palestine, in Hamas, in the West Bank, and in Israel, you see people on both sides that are spewing hate and saying vile, disgusting things, that that is not the will 
the genuine will of either of those people, that that's the minority. And if we stop treating it like the minority, I think that's what we're kind of seeing playing out. And again, I know that we may not, and we 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 don't have to disagree um, to agree on everything. But you see that played out, played out now with just hatred that's being spewed, um, and then and you know retaliation and, and defense. Um, but that breeds more hatred, which has caused attacks, which is now going to breed another generation of people who are going to spew even worse things. And I just don't want that to happen. And this may seem like a really naive thing to say, but humanity has got to find a way to move forward. And the back and forth and the blaming and the kill everybody, it's got to stop. And I genuinely believe that we've got much more in common than we do um you know, hundred percent. Like I, like I said, I mean, I, I about the last part. I mean, I, I again, I, I don't, I don't agree with, with, um, I, I mean, Israel's not trying to kill as many people as possible. So I, I obviously don't agree with that. But, um, but I, I agree that we have much more in common than we do, um, than, than we don't have. Um, like I said, when I was living in Jaffa, you know, it didn't matter what you were, right? We were all, we were all friends, um. But obviously, you know, Gaza is a different story. So yeah. um, I want to wrap up a little bit. Let me so let me just ask what your what you think would be an appropriate solution um, with minimal casualties on both sides. Uh, this is a tough one. Um, forgive me if my answer is not, you know, hitting the nail on the head, because I don't think anybody is has been able to or will be able to in one go. But I believe that people on both sides have got to stop um, posturing as everything as a defense um, that we also have to have or, or should ask people on both sides to stop isolating themselves. And I think um, the, the more you widen that circle and be amenable to you know international organizations getting involved no matter how useless you might think they are they have served some purpose over the years never a hundred percent but again we can't focus on bad so what i think is that hate needs to genuinely genuinely be put aside um and i guess that that's extremely hard i can't even speak to that or yeah, I mean, I, I would do in that situation. Number one, number two, I think is that there has to be more of um, uh, what is the word? I've gone blank. But but more um, acceptance of international help because I do believe that nobody wants this conflict. Nobody, not the Arab states in the Middle East, not Europe, not U.S. Nobody wants it. I mean, um, Hamas does. They openly state that they do, and Iran wants it, and they openly well, state I'm that they do. If, we, if, if, if the Palestinians and Hamas stop look at, looking at themselves as the victims that have to defend um, and do this, and actually look for help and look elsewhere, and the same thing on Israel's side. I understand what happened was tragic, but if you continuously put yourself in that position and you're going to use force, I, I just don't see it going away. Not today, not tomorrow, not in 50 years. And I don't want my kids to be sitting here, you know, in 100 years time and you're having the same discussions. So I think that there has to just be collaboration. Um, so I don't know how I, that will happen. 
but it is. I, I just I just want to tell you something that that you reminded me of when you said that about not wanting you know your kids to to think about this in fifty years. Um, in Israel, there's actually a saying, um, which is um, basically in English would be when pe- parents tell their kids, "When you turn eighteen, you won't have to serve in the army." Because every every Israeli always dreams of not having this war. Every single one. Yeah. I agree with your hypothetical situation that you gave, but I the problem is is it is only hypothetical. I mean, you know, um it's I, I normally don't do this, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say this this time. I'm not I'm not singling you out. Sure. Right, but it's very easy for someone in South Africa or someone in England or whatever mm-hmm. to say, "Oh, this time Jews, you should trust us, the international community." Yeah. Even though we caused the Holocaust, and even though we've sat by and given you resol- and given you sanctions, and said that you guys have more humanitarian issues than places like Iran and Yemen and all these places that they just simply know are not true. And so these places that try to, that do everything that they can to devalue Jewish life, it is to tell a Jew, oh, well, this time you you should trust them. I mean, it just simply, it, it wouldn't work. I mean, look, there are 23 countries in the Middle East. 22 of them are Arab. Every single one of those 22 countries are larger than Israel. Yeah. I mean, is a tiny piece of land, is that really such an issue to allow the people who have, it's always been their land to have? I agree the international community doesn't have a lot to stand on. But like like I said, and I'll just go back to that, um, I know you want to wrap up soon, but there's got to be a way. There has got to. And I I get it. I get it. It sounds really silly from somebody sitting, you know, 15,000 kilometers away um, who has never been there, never lived there, never experienced it. Um, But there's got to be an end that does not involve wiping out people that have that just just want you know to live in peace and live with dignity um and like we've both agreed on that can be taken very watered down you can have people disputing that and saying well you know you said this and you said that but the fact is I do still believe that most people would want to live in peace because this has been going on basically my entire life um, and we don't want to see it happening in future. So I have hope um, may be a very, very small thing, um, but ripples to waves. And I think that I guess only time will tell. We have hope um, that there will be people that do better. It's it's not going to be for someone else to step in and say, okay, here is where I draw the line. People on both sides have got to do better. But I do believe it will happen. Well, I uh, I definitely hope that that we are living in in peace one day. Um, I was more hopeful a little while back, 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> in my life, I've seen it get worse. So yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I wish, but I'm, you know, I unfortunately am not as hopeful as you might be. But again, you know, like I, I see it. I see it not not just in Israel, but in America as well. A a Jewish woman, a president of a shul, of a synagogue in Detroit was just murdered today. You know, and, and, and like and that's this not. Is, this is why I just got it. Like every time I hear this, it just it drains me, and I and I am so far removed. I can't even imagine. You know what you uh, your listeners the Palestinian people that have also been displaced and are sitting around the world. I can't imagine what it must be like to watch all of this and how I've I've seen, you know, the human spirit kind of just being crushed everywhere. But also um, sometimes it does get worse before it gets better. And I will hopefully be that eternal optimist and do what I can Um you know, to have those conversations, to educate people, to talk, you know, to, to even individuals like yourself um, has been eye-opening. And again, thank you for having me on. Um, of course. I have can, I, can, I, can, I end on, can I end on one thing? Yeah, sure. I would, I would greatly appreciate it if you at any point, doesn't have to be during a war, visit the region. I would love to. You know, and like, and and see see for yourself how it is and and you know i'm not i'm not trying to tell you to pick sides or whatever you know you can see sad things and great things on both sides sure, but yeah. but i i think that i think that when you go there it will be life changing yeah um totally you know kind of off, off topic uh, a little bit but on visiting the region, gosh, I've, I've wanted to do this for ages. I haven't. Um, I hope that it is something I do get to do one day. Um, but my, uh, you know, the, the company I work for and our two CEOs have done that. They actually went last year um, and mm -hmm. said that it was an absolutely life-changing trip for them as well. Um, yeah. And again, we, you know, sometimes we sit at the office, we've got the news on, and I just see everybody really walking around with heavy heads. Um, I would love to, um, and uh, yeah. definitely, if I if I ever do, I will let you know, even if we're not Sounds in touch good. at that point. But um, thank good. you, thank you no so problem. much for having me. No problem. I uh, I appreciate you being on on the show, and uh, it was a pleasure. I, thank you. I uh, I hope you have a good night, and uh, like I said, let me know when you visit. <laughs> I will do. Thank you, Mordechai. Have a great no one. Have Chat a good soon. night, Mika. Bye. Thank you. Bye. All right, everyone. That was our first guest ever on the show, and that is a wrap.